welcome to the No Name MMA Show, the best damn MMA podcast you've never heard of, with Mystic Daddy Juan and No Nutshot Nina, and yours truly, Motivated Let's get on with this shit. Welcome to the No Name MMA Show, the best damn MMA podcast you've never heard of. Thank you for joining us on this lovely Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. My name is Motivated Andy. As always, joined with me, my gorgeous beau, no nutshot Nina. Hello. It's just the two of us. It's just the two of us this week. Um, so you all be sure to troll on on Twitch later this week. Looking into this weekend, we have Every Fight Fan's Wet Dream, including PFL on Thursday, Bellator on Friday, and the return of UFC on Saturday, after taking last weekend off. So yeah, back in a big way. But before we get into any of that, let's start off with some things going on in our lives. First, babe, what do you have going on? I mean, just trying to wrap up summer. That's about it. It's coming up. It's going to be here real soon. Mm -hmm. And so just getting prepping up for my busy season at work and finishing up the summer, really. Yeah, it's been, uh, there was like a string of tornadoes in North Carolina uh, due to, I guess, Fred, I think, was the tropical storm that was coming through Florida. But there was like a string of four tornadoes in our area, apparently. Hmm. And then today it's beautiful, like 85 or whatever, and sunny, so it's coming near the end of summer, thank God. It's mm-hmm. been a... It's been hot AF. been a shitty one. Anyway, um, as for me, so me and Nina just ended watching uh the lotus the white lo- the lotus. white lotus yeah and it was a great great show up until the very fucking end it was so disappointing it was like an afterthought of an ending like oh yeah we forgot that we got to do this one thing and and then uh i was just like you know what i thought would have made that show even better hmm. if at the end of the first episode they just hadn't mentioned that Somebody was gonna die. They didn't. They did. They said that at the very end. At the very end of the first episode, remember how I was like, "Yeah, didn't somebody die from the trip?" Yeah, yeah. That's, so oh. if they had cut that scene out, oh, then you, we wouldn't have been like so pumped for a death. I think, and when the death actually happened, we would have been like, "Holy shit!" But because we were expecting a death, I feel like it wasn't as. I don't know. Like, as shocking, it was almost like a, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then we also were watching another show, uh, Dave, that ended this week, or last week, actually, the season finale, and that shit was amazing. It was so good. I was, like, bawling like a baby. So embarrassing. Yeah, I was just like, damn, baby, it got you good. It got me in the feels. And it was like... Like, the scene right before the ending, it's Dave trying to get... Babe, don't spoil it. Oh, okay. Fine, I won't spoil it, but you guys need to check it out because it's been a week now. We ain't working like that. But yeah, to kick off the show, since Juan's not here, we're not going to be doing the No Name of the Week. So, let's get started with Nina in the MMA Minute. All right. So, you remember UFC 261 back from April? Uh, the headliner that night was Usman versus Masvidal. 
While following a recent interview with Black Belt MMA, Zhang Weili stated that apart from the booing crowd, she was also very distracted by the leg break of Chris Weidman before her bout started with Rose Nagumenos. Should some of the statements um, start to worry Zhang Weili fans, or is she just stating some facts? What do you think? Um, for me, at the very beginning, it a lot of it before sounded like excuses, but they're also very valid reasons to be out of your yeah. element, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like you're in a very much like pressure cooker type of situation. And before, like, Zhang Wei Li is loved by everybody in the MMA community. Mm-hmm. If this was a fight taking place anywhere else besides Florida, I think she would have been coming out to cheers. But coming out to booze and loud booze, overwhelming booze, that was the one thing that she was like, it got me out of my zone. And then she had said that right before Chris might have been went out, she, like, he had given her, like, a little, like, glove punch or whatever. Yeah. And she was, like, the last one to really, like say anything to Chris. She was the last one before that happened. And then her fight was immediately after that. So for me, I mean, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Like, imagine if like you talk to somebody in the next moment, they're like, leg is broken. Yeah. So it seems like an excuse. I would have preferred her not say it out loud because it's like, of course, everybody was traumatized by that. Mm -hmm. Like DC couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even like DC was like I cannot even hear it. I can't even hear the crowd. <clears throat> yeah. So I get it. I just think that it's one of those things that it it sounds like an excuse yeah. versus this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be submitted to watching this live. And I think too. I mean, it's like obviously <clears throat> that's gonna affect you. However, Rose still yeah, knocked Rose you out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it is kind of an excuse, too. Yeah. That's so, where it's not a clear cut. Like, I'm not saying that yeah, it's not. Yeah, just kind of wish she didn't have to, like, make that a public statement. And it, I mean, it's an interview and they ask you, what are you going to say? Yeah. But you got to also give some more credit and not just, like, I was so thrown off. That mm-hmm. was my fault that I got knocked mm-hmm. out because only. Yeah. I was distracted, so... And I feel like she does give props to Rose when the questions are posed... That way. In the correct way. Yeah. Instead of, like, what happened. No, I mean, like... I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, it's very much gray area. Like, I see a lot of people have an opinion one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I just... I can see it. I can see, like, yeah, that, that shit was fucked up. That was so gnarly. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think she's making excuses... I mean, also, we have to acknowledge that it, there is a language barrier, so... That's what I was about to say, was, like, it's not the interviewer's fault for not stating a question correctly. Like, he wanted to know her thoughts mm-hmm. on it, but also, I was like, she probably doesn't know how to, like, just volunteer and, like, mm-hmm. really elaborate on a statement yeah. either, too. So, I'll give her that. Yeah. I'm sure she's not just, like, making an excuse, but... With the little bit of a language barrier there mm-hmm. for her, I can understand where it got a little confusing. But yeah. Yeah. Moving right along, Yana Kunaskaya has announced that she and fiance Diego Santos are expecting their first child together. 
with the timing of the announcement being what's raising some eyebrows because she was just in a fight with Irene Aldana back in early July. She has stated, though, that she'll be coming back to the UFC in 2022. So you so, remember how Irene Aldana knocked her out? Yeah. Yeah, so everybody was like, Ooh. You got you just announced this. The timetable is kind of like a little you sus. might have been like pregnant mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah. And then you got into the fight. And she has come out and denied all of it, being like, Hey, I didn't even know like I don't think anyone would voluntarily I don't think, do yeah. that. No matter how much money you'd be given. Yeah. Like going out there and possibly like fucking up your child for forever. So yeah, I don't I don't think it was done on purpose. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that it did happen if it did overlap a little bit or whatever. But, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're testing for pregnancies in the UFC. So, people that are, like, out Oh, I'm like, sure they are. Yeah. They're doing blood. So? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they are. So, then they would have caught it. Exactly. So, then it's, uh, then it's on the UFC's end. I'm sure. Yeah. Those physicians, if you have to get checked before every fight, yeah. they have to do some kind of a blood test. I mean, Michael Bisping fought with one eye. But every... He said he couldn't even no, see. like every woman for... Uh, I mean, for any kind of new medication I'm about to go yeah. on or anything, mm. anything from the dermatologist or anything, you have to show that you're not pregnant. And the only way you can do that is by a blood or urine, like, pregnancy test. Okay. So I cannot imagine that the UFC physicians don't make sure that their fighters are not pregnant. I mean, I feel like we want to have the UFC physicians on this pedestal There's of no way. being good. But even TJ in his last fight with Corey Sandhagen, yeah. he was on submission radio and he was like, yeah, I had a lie that I could see. Blood was in my eye. I, well, I, I understand that. Like, or like a, a bit like Michael Bisping. He couldn't see out of his eye uh, probably for his last two fights. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying, though, is like I can see <clears throat> that. But like to to put not just the fighter, but another yeah. life on the lines. Like nobody lets women do anything yeah. without finding out that they're not pregnant first. I mean, but yeah. What a fucking lawsuit mm-hmm. they would have. There's no fucking way that they can't, they can, I mean, and being a woman, anything you have to do, you pretty much have to prove that you're yeah. not pregnant. Well. I'm shocked you can go on a roller coaster without proving <laughs> that you're not pregnant. Like, it's, it's a thing. It's I just mean, like. I don't know. But I, I think there's no wrongdoing. Good on them. I'm hoping they have a really good marriage. Thiago Santos is going to be fighting, uh, why am I forgetting his name, uh, Johnny Walker on October 2nd. Mm-hmm. So good luck to him. Mm-hmm. Go out there and win. Mazel tov. Uh, yeah, make money for that baby. <laughs> In some more exciting news, too, Yoel Romero. Not that her being pregnant is not exciting, but I mean, the I controversy care. there. Uh-huh. This is the important news. So Yoel Romero has been medically cleared to fight for Bellator and has been matched up to fight against former light heavyweight champ Phil Davis, scheduled for September. Rumor has it with the possibility of going back down to 185 for another fight in the future. Yeah, Um, I'm so happy to hear that. His bout is supposed to be scheduled for September 29th, I believe. Um, yeah, he makes his long-awaited debut at light heavyweight 
What I did not expect him to say is that he's willing to go back down to 185, yeah. which is crazy. Um, How but old is Yoel Romero Yoel again? Romero is 44, That's I think. That's crazy. And he's still like, I'm going to fight until 50, until yeah. people tell me I can't. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, he passed his physical. Yeah, and then, I mean, even if he gets cut from Bellator, mm-hmm. bare knuckle fighting will Take him. sign him up so quick. They're trying to sign Diego Sanchez right now. Oh. So, I mean, Yoel Romero, we're not going to be seeing the end of him for a really, really long time. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Hello. All right, and then in more news, some darker news. Uh, this week, a former fighter turned podcast host took on another new title of hero. Brendan Schaub was the first on the scene of a tragic accident while driving to dinner with his girlfriend. Andy, you know the story a little bit better, so tell the people what happened. So recently on Brendan Schaub's The Fighter and the Kid podcast, um, he was saying... He was relaying what had happened on August 12th. Uh, he and his girlfriend were driving down the 101 in California. And he came upon a car that had a little kid that was waving down people. And it looked like a wreck. And he went to go help them, help the kid. There were some other kids inside of the car that he helped. As he was doing this, uh, a man fled the vehicle. As he was fleeing, he got hit by a car, was stunned. Uh, Brendan shop as he was rescuing the people uh the kids were crying out for their mother uh, the mother was in the passenger seat of the vehicle from what he said and that's where he realized that she had passed away and you know it was a whole scene with blood and all that stuff and as he was helping the kids out you know he tried to cover them or whatever help save them yeah and uh Later, he found out that the guy that was in the passenger seat was the or father. The driving. Yeah, the one that was driving the vehicle was yeah. the father of the children and the husband to the wife in the vehicle that passed away. And It was the guy who ran off. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he got away after getting hit by another car. Yeah. Um, later that day, uh, Brendan Chop was told by the highway patrolman that the kids had said that daddy... I told them that today was going to be their last day and that they were going to be going to heaven that day. Jesus. So he was, like, tearing up, like, losing his voice. Like, that's the age of my kid. Like, yeah. It's, like, my kid. I'm seeing three of them and, like... Yeah. And, um... So, yeah. Um, good on him. Uh, he put up uh, the GoFundMe, or he promoted the GoFundMe for the passed away wife, trying to help with the... Uh, funeral expenses for the kids and it surpassed the goal of 30,000 they're at like 42 mm-hmm. so yeah if anybody uh wants to make a donation i think brendan shop has the link in the instagram or his instagram so yeah so insane um good on him you know yeah he's not funny uh he has terrible takes but he seems like a really good person so yeah good for brendan shop yeah God, how I guess we can't make fun of them for like a week or something. For um, at least a week. God, that's so fucked up, though. So fucked up. All right, moving on with some more bad news. Not quite as bad of bad mm-hmm. news, but we had a string of people released by the UFC this last week, including Kai Kamaka after his draw match against Danny Chavez. We also lost a longtime vet, Yancey Miedros and Justin James. James was actually released on his birthday. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> I was so fucked up. So rude. Um, Dana, rude. Justin James, if if you don't recall, uh, 
I believe he was the fighter that bet his salary or his show his money purse, yeah. uh, against uh, his fight in his last fight, and he lost that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very, very, very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, good luck to him. Good luck. Hopefully Bellator picks you up. Yeah. Um, it's not the worst thing necessarily to get dropped from the UFC, so yep. it's all right. Um, and then that's it really for, excuse me, this week's MMA Minute. Now let's head over to our next segment for It's Time. First things first, let's get into all this tea with Conor McGregor and his latest string of tweets going against DC and Mike Bisbane. Starting it off by saying that Daniel, I wish I could do an accent so I could like read this as Connor, but Donald or Daniel Cormier is a fat. Try. No, I know. No, I try it. Try it. I swear I can't. Please. Now I now I'm curious to see what it would sound I like. I cannot talk like a leprechaun. Oh, I feel shit. like I no. It's like though. You said leprechaun, baby. You could have said an Irish accent. No, because he leprechaun. sounds like I know, but I can't do like that kind of an accent at all. But, you know, and there's some movie with Paul Rudd, and mm-hmm. he thinks he can do all these accents, but he just always sounds Jamaican. Jamaican. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I can't do a <laughs> fucking Irish accent. Um, so he says that Daniel Cormier is a fat mess, getting into worse condition day by day. God bless him. Showing up drunk at media events the very day before he was in the booth calling my fight. Drunk at a media event working? The day before being a commentator on the biggest fight in history. And also, your back situation is just mental, too. Your weight and way of life is is abysmal. And now drunk at work the day before the comment, uh, before you comment a McGregor event. Pitiful. Congrats, John, on his head kick KO anniversary over you. Good always defeats evil. Wasn't sure you were evil fakes. Okay. The drama of Conor McGregor. After these tweets were released and then deleted, Mike Bisbane gave Conor solid advice to forget about that and to just concentrate on getting healthier and winning a fight. To Conor responding by saying, Bisbane is a nobody on Sirius XM. <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. Rushed back to competition after being dropped slash strangled and then gets shotgun slept by Gaslam's left hand. Devastating. Even though I collect commission on all his fights, I still said to the team to pull the Gast fight. I knew it was coming. But hey, 100K, 50K off the top of each fight. I used to say, yoink, every time it hit the account. To which Bisbane then responded on Twitter, It's okay, mate. That seems to be the general consensus these days. Don't know what's getting deleted quicker, his tweets or his legacy. (laughs) End scene. Don't come at the king. Is the notorious barking up the wrong tree, you think, by coming at DC and Bisbane like that? Yeah, he's just... He's just... a sensitive AF. little man right now. He's the he's like uh, uh like Lord Voldemort, like in at the very end of Harry Potter, where uh, you see like little baby Voldemort, and he's mm-hmm. all evil and wretched, and that's mm-hmm. Conor McGregor right now. He's like the evilest, littlest leprechaun boy that's coming at people. It's like first DC 
drank one Modelo during the weigh-in show, which he is part of the team. First, that was the day before the fight, and he was completely sober the day of. So it's not like it correlates to you drinking one beer and being drunk for a span of 48 hours. It's and like, you were drinking whiskey the day of, like the day before fucking a fight with Khabib. Like during the press conference. So mm-hmm. what are you, he was doing media day. So even by your logic, like you should be fighting. Like what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what nonsense he's talking about with, well, I was getting paid every Bisping, but like why? Mm-hmm. For why? You weren't, how? And then like to come. For you to think that you're bad enough to come at Bisping, like, homie, he is beloved by the MMA community first. Mm-hmm. And also, he's got, like, fucking 70 pounds on you. DC has, like, 100 <laughs> pounds on you. DC could sneeze and knock you out. Literally. So, like, like what do you have against these people? Literally. I just don't. They're literally just saying, like, don't stop talking shit. Yeah. Worry about yourself. Make yourself relevant again. Because guess what? You still only have one win in five years, and that's still to somebody who's about to get cut by the UFC. So you're picking the wrong fight to fight, especially against Bisping, because Bisping will eviscerate you. I mean... Bisping on the mic is way better than you are now. You got that silver tongue, Bisping. And it's just like, Connor, you can't come at it after not really winning anything in almost five years in the lightweight division. Like, he has the win against Cowboy. Sit and it's a dominant down. win. But it's against Cowboy... Against Cowboy. At 170. At Cowboy, like, least. Like, at the end. Yeah, at yeah. the end of Cowboy's career. So like, that's the... not impressive whatsoever. I just don't... Sit I don't, down, little boy. I don't get the logic. And then... You know who chimes in? His friend Dylan Dennis, who hasn't fought in almost 800 days, 795, I think, to be exact. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, if uh, I ever saw Bisping, I would tear him limb from limb. Cute. Homie, fight. Just fight in general. You have two fights against opponents that are five and six combined records. This means like, like still in the gym chill and everything. the fuck Shoot. out. Yeah, and he's also way bigger than you. Like... Bro, what are you talking about? Yeah. You can't even fight against Dylan Dennis. You were getting toilet paper covered and pissed getting thrown at your face. Sit Shut down. the fuck up. Shut up. Stay in your lane, you little weird <laughs> troll man. Not yeah. even a man, because you're like Connor's little bitch. A little so bitch like, boy. Yeah, it's. I don't even want to say bitch boy, because I think he. I don't even think Connor fucks with him like that anymore. <laughs> so it's like you're some weird little like posse guy. Ex posse. I don't know. Former posse. It's fucking just sad all around. It's very. Very petty. Yeah. Very unflattering. Even, I mean, and that's the thing is like notorious Conor McGregor. Yeah. Like he used to talk real bad, like real good shit talking. Real good though. Shut up. You are already making yourself look like a fool and like a better and better opponent for Jake Paul every day. Yeah. He was like, the only legacy I care about is the legacy 5000 that my mom drives. Cool. It like he believes that now that he has the money, he has the respect. Mm-hmm. But it's almost the opposite. The m- more money he got, the less amount of respect he got because he stopped winning. Cures all. Yeah. If he was winning, we'd be like, yeah, whatever, Bisping. But right. he's not. Yeah. You're, you're not. 
So the the weight of it, it carries different. <laughs> you look like a fool. Yeah. Coming at two former fighters. They're not they are years removed now mm-hmm. from fighting. So like what what was the point in all of this? Yeah. But uh, congrats, Connor. We're talking about you again. Yeah. Fucking Anyway. Moving on, we have Sean O'Malley back in the MMA headlines by actually making a pretty logistic, like, logical statement saying that he gets paid the same amount of money fighting lower caliber fighters, the same as he is making higher ranked opponents. So how do we feel about the comments from Sugar Sean? Is the game fighters should play until they get properly compensated? How do you feel about it? Honestly, I mean, yeah, I feel like if I'm getting paid the same, I'm going to do what I want to do and mm-hmm. do. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like before, it's very much the UFC machine building somebody up. Yeah. Because they know Sean O'Malley brings asses to the seats. Yeah. And that's the name of the game. In regards to the UFC. Yeah. You got to sell. So they're so building him up. he's going to have the opportunity to yeah. fight who he wants to fight. So fight So that's where fight. all of my... And the thing, too, like a, is that yeah. Sean fights. Yeah. He's an active yeah. fighter in the in his division. So mm-hmm. I'm he can pick and choose who he wants to fight mm-hmm. if it's all the same to him. I don't yeah. really care. Yeah, and that's where I don't see it as Sean's problem i am annoyed by him that he's like i'm gonna go out there and knock somebody out when it's like yeah you should Mm -hmm. this is their debut they were on the regional scene and they have like a 500 record yeah so i i have the problem with the cocky because it's it's the connor cockiness but not against connor opposition yeah you can't yeah you got to keep the same energy like somebody who's new to the game you got to give them respect and be like hey this is going to be a very tough fight for somebody who's new to the game yeah coming against me i mean it should be a wash wash you know yeah a lose-lose situation for me Mm -hmm. which i think chris montino very much delivered on that like oh yeah yeah, you couldn't even put out this guy yeah but i don't blame it on sean i feel like sean's playing the game that he's dealt with like the card that he's dealt with is that well, if I'm going to fight this dude, fuck it. At least I'm going to get paid the same. Yeah, exactly. Where it's more on the UFC and the matchmakers. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't find anybody in the top 15 to take this fight. Yeah. Cody, like, everybody, as soon as Sean O'Malley lost his uh, opponent, uh, Luis Mocha, uh-huh. it, the, everybody in the top 15 from the 10 to 15 down was calling for the fight. Uh-huh. I'll fight him next. I'll fight him and then I'll fight again the next month. Yeah. Uh, Cody Stanman had just gotten medical clearance three days before the fight, and yeah. he was like, I'll fight him. Mm-hmm. So everybody was trying to fight him. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the UFC didn't have anybody to come up and fight him. Mm-hmm. And that's where I place the blame on the UFC. Yeah. And Sean has said almost the same, blaming it on Sean Shelby and uh, whoever makes his deals or whatever. Like, hey, they're the ones that are putting me up against these people. I'm yeah. just doing my job. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I think is backfiring on him mm-hmm. you can't bite the hand that feeds you at uh, least not yeah. in the ufc no you, you can't blame can. the matchmakers yeah. you can only say like hey i'm doing my job you can't be like well if i'm getting paid the same i'll fight the lesser dude yeah you can't say that because now i feel like 
the UFC's got to really stop giving a fuck, especially if you're coming at them, too. Yeah. It's not the wisest decision no. to, uh-uh. like, be confrontational with your employer, right. your boss. You don't go publicly complaining about it. Yeah. Especially when you are the one He's that epitomizes like... Dana White privilege. Yeah. Like, bro, shut up. Right. Like, you're the one, you got it cozy. Shut the fuck up and just keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. Smoke weed, do whatever the fuck you want, dye your hair, hang out with 6 9 Don't talk about, like, your game that you're playing with the UFC. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? The UFC will fuck you harder than you will fuck them. Yeah. Every single time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I just think it's a bad move on it. It's one of those, just like John Wei Lee, don't say it out loud. It's acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Don't say that shit out loud. It makes you look bad. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's just a bad PR move mm-hmm. on Sean O'Malley. Right. But, I mean, his whole get-up is a bad PR move. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. And then lastly, we have the UFC back in action on Saturday with two top ten middleweights trying to play catch-up to Israel Adesanya in Kevin Gaslam replacing Paulo Costa yet again, going up against Jared Cannonier and his power crystals. First of all, which Kevin Gaslam do you think we're going to see this Saturday? Um, this will be his 20th appearance in the UFC cage. He is one in four in his last five, even though he lost to a nothing but elite fighters such as Robert Whitaker, Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, and Izzy himself. Um... I don't know. The thing with Kelvin is, like, I feel like he has really good fights. Darren Till was a split decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Izzy fight with him was amazing. Yeah. Even though Izzy did come out on top at the very end, he did bring it to Izzy. Yeah. Uh, Jack Hermanson, I mean, it was a very quick submission. And then Robert Whitaker kind of put him out. Yeah. Um, I. It sucks, but it's just like... You have to move back down to 170. And I know mm-hmm. he's very stern on the staying at 185 because mm-hmm. he has a hard time making 170. Yeah. But it's you got to look at your last... Just look at your last three and you're coming out with losses. Yeah. Uh, except for Ian Heinish, who, who's the one win in the last five. Okay. Um, you got to look at your record and be like, there's something wrong here. Yeah. And all I see is you're putting out the same effort. But you're coming out short. Yeah. And at 170, at least you had a puncher's chance because you were way bigger. Yeah. Sometimes it is the right way to go about it to go up a weight class. Yeah. Because you're you're healthier. You're not cutting as much. You retain more water weight. Okay. So your brain's not more sensitive. Yeah. But in his situation, it's almost like he's he's not as like. Uh, in terms of like athletic performance, he's not hitting the red line yeah. when he's at 185 versus when he was at 170. Okay. But I just don't know if he can make 170 anymore. Like yeah. the older you get, but he's only 28. So yeah. that's the one thing that he does have going for him. Mm-hmm. You would think 20 appearances in the UFC, you'd be he's older. So than young, that. yeah. He's still very, very young. Yeah. But I just don't know. Yeah. I, I don't go into this having that much confidence in Kelvin, well, unfortunately. And I mean, too, on the other hand, Jared Cannonier has been on a tear in the middleweight division until just his last bout with Robert Whitaker, where Whitaker really picked him apart. Yeah. 
which I mean then really brings it down to who do you think is going to win? You got Cannoneer? I don't I want to say yeah, but yeah. it was just like that very jarring. You're right though. It really is like which Kevin Gaslam are we going to yeah, see? Yeah, and so. even if we do get the best Kelvin, I mm-hmm. don't know if that's enough at 185. I just there's so many unanswered things. Yeah. Jared Cannonier is coming into this as a 37-year-old. Right. Which now, after the latest loss, I forgot who was the last one that kind of ruined my confidence of over, like anybody over 35. But yeah. now, anybody over 35, I just don't have... A little have, scared for him. Yeah, I just, even though I think Jared Cannonier is amazing. Right. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. And uh, the thing with... Him coming out there and saying that he's going to beat Kelvin is yeah. like, what have you done to show me that? You sure. you knocked out Jack Romanson, yeah, but, I mean, Robert Whitaker kind of handed it to you. Like, yeah. He never stopped, and he put the gas, like, he, metal. yeah. So, I just don't know on either end for me to be, like, I know. very confident. It really could go one of any way. Yeah. So, it'll be a really good for fight worth watching yeah. because <laughs> there's a could, lot that could happen. Yeah. Kudos to Kelvin, though, because yeah. he, this is another fight that to he is taking. Into. Yeah, short notice. I mean, short notice, it was a couple of months, so yeah. it's not the shortest of also, notice. Also, fuck but, you, Paulo Costa. Yeah, no, fuck you. Like, take your fucking fight, stop getting hair plugs, fucking take a fight or whatever. But, stop but he's going to be fighting, uh, I forget, uh, why am I forgetting? Paulo Costa is going to be fighting, who's in the top five? Why am I forgetting this shit? I don't know. He is scheduled to fight not Izzy, not Robert, not Darren Till, not Derek Brunson. Robert? No. Yeah? No. No, Robert's supposed to be fighting Israel Adesanya, but they have the whole lockdown uh, in New Zealand because uh, of COVID. Oh because no. of the one case of COVID. So who knows if that fight even happens next. And the thing is, Eugene Behrman, the coach of Izzy, who mm-hmm. has said before, like, if Darren Till wins, he, he'll jump Rob. He's mm-hmm. saying that same thing again of, like, this lockdown, if he can't make it in the Rob fight, Darren Till might get a win over Derek Brunson. I mean, who knows? And it's like, Darren Till needs at least another fight. Come mm-hmm. on. Like, you can't just be saying, if Darren Till wins, if Darren... T-. But Darren Till keeps on losing. You can't... I know. Like, I love you, Darren. Don't get me wrong. Thank right. you for everything. But... Yeah. We gotta fucking call it what it is. And you we can't gotta just... see him fight again. It's been so long yeah. since we've seen him. So, I look forward to that, but... Um, anyway, the winner of this one for this weekend, do you see them actually making a run through the rankings again? Or do you think we're kind of just on pause with seeing what COVID really does round two? I think we're on pause. I don't think either of these guys, if they win, they make it past Rob. Yeah. But I don't see either of them winning against Izzy either. Yeah, I don't think anybody at 185... Even with the small sliver of hope that Rob has, just because of right. how amazing he looked He's against Jaren Cadmere. so sharp, yeah. I still don't even think Rob gets it done. I don't Which think is so. even crazier. I don't think that either of these guys could get past Robert Whitaker even at all. I mean, Jaren like, Cadmere already that. destroyed... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Robert Whitaker already, already. destroyed That's Jared Cannon. Like, so it's almost like you're fighting for like third place at this point. Yeah. So I just don't know. I don't Maybe even it's think... it's good for them to go on a pause yeah, after this so... fight because there's nowhere else really to go. You're mm-hmm. going to sit there and sit there until you're yeah. ready to 
beat Robert Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Don't even mention Izzy until you can take down Robert yeah. Whitaker at this point. Yeah. So I think that's what they're fighting for. Yeah. I don't. I just don't see it as uh, as very clear clear cut for any given guy. If I had to give it to somebody, I would go with. <sighs> I, it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, I, I mean, go it could with be Jared Cannonier because fuck it, why not? Okay. I feel like this. This fight is very flip of the coin. I'm sure that... Well, I, I honestly don't even know who you would give it to because... Yeah. Kelvin, again, he's 1-4 going into this. Yeah. Uh, Jared Cannonier has only lost the last one, uh, I guess, out of like the last four of his. Yeah. So, if you got to look at the numbers, you would say Jared Cannonier. Yeah. But uh, I have no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. I'll say Jared Cannonier just because I'm going to put it out there. But Repping, I'm, baby. Yeah, I'm not even that confident so yeah who do you have i mean honestly i don't know like i have no idea I've, i'm very indifferent to it because it's so 50 50 and it's also kind of like an afterthought because i'm you just have gonna Izzy go kelvin ch- since you're going jared all right kelvin's gonna win now but yeah um so yeah, I, that that's my opinion. I have no fucking idea. I wish I could give you guys a little bit more insight, but yeah, it's an old dude that's been on a tear going against a, a young guy that's been on a losing streak coming in late notice. Um, I give it to Jared, but yeah. Other than that, I don't know. It's not going to matter. They're, neither of them are going to be Izzy, so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, and that's it for this week's show. If I can say so, I do think it's our Best episode yet! Maybe the second one, because Juan's not here. That would be fucked up if we're like best episode without yeah, Juan. You're right, you're right. But like the second best episode. Anyway, uh, we wouldn't be here without you guys. We would love to talk shit with you, hear your thoughts, etc. Babe, you want to tell the people how they can reach us? Do you want me to tell the people? I'll I mean, tell them. I'll tell them. So you guys can hit us up on Twitter at no name MMA1 or Instagram at no.name.mmashow or send us an email at nonamemmashow at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your week. Talk at you next week from me, Madhavid Andy, and... Nina. No, not Sean Nina. <laughs> and Juan says hello. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk at you guys week. Talk at you guys week. Talk at you guys next week. And as always, fuck you, John Jones. <laughs> Bye. 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 Miss American Pie. Drove my 